Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of the Destroy the Stumps podcast. So today, ladies and gents, uh, also Happy New Year as well. It's the start of a new year, uh, 2024. Wherever you are in the world, hope you're all enjoying your time. And hopefully this year is good for everybody around the world. Anyways, um, without further ado, let's just get stuck into the podcast. So uh, I did say I was going to do a review of the... Um, sorry, review... Of last year's uh, test matches, the best test matches that I felt from last year. Five of the best test matches. Um, here they are. And um, yeah, so test match cricket, uh, there was a World Test Championship final. Australia won that. Uh, they're the second team to have won the World Test Championship. And they completed a special feat as well. Becoming the first team to win all four major ICC trophies. So they won the test, they've won a test championship trophy. They've won a uh, Champions Trophy, they've won a T20 World Cup and now, and they've also won a 50, 50 over World Cup, well they won a 50 over World Cup six times and they did that again a um, couple months later in India, beating the host nation in the final and they beat India in the final as well in the World Test Championship at the Oval, so uh, yep, India doing, so Australia, really good year for them, retaining the Ashes as well and winning a Test Series against Pakistan just recently and um yeah they achieved a lot they almost beat in they weren't too far away from beating india just a few moments that they lost their composure and unfortunately yeah they lost the um they lost the series it's just one really bad session daily on day three and that was it um otherwise if they batted well for they batted pretty much from all that day and they if they batted for the whole of day three i reckon they would have had a score that they would have defended and they won that game, they would have won the series because they won the next game at, um, at Indoor, which was a pretty horrible pitch uh, from what I saw as well. Um, a very disappointing pitch at Indoor. They won that game in about two or three days, uh, inside three days, Australia. So yeah, um, and that match that they lost to India when they were bowled out in the session, that was in uh, Delhi, so yeah. Uh, interesting stuff there. Interesting year for Australian cricket. Pat Cummins, uh, well, he ended the year with two five-wicket hauls. Also, um, a lot of interesting cricket matches around the world. Uh, England, um, with their baseball approach, have really reinvigorated um, so test match cricket and made it very interesting. I haven't lost a test series under Brendan McCullum yet. Um, so that that's a special achievement there for England. And also... They weren't too far away from winning the Ashes. Probably you could say if uh, there wasn't that much rain uh, in the fourth test, they arguably could have won it. And also um, a drop catch in the first test, they might have won that first test as well. So who knows? Um, Australia weren't at their best, but they did enough just to win it. And um, that's what matters. You win it, you get the result in the end, no matter how it comes. The result, As long as the results come, that's what matters. And that's what champions, champion teams do. They win it. In tough situations, even when their back's against the wall. And Australia did that. So, yeah, plenty of interesting cricket this year. Um, so, just going to be reviewing the five, my top five um, test matches for the year in no particular order. Uh, just going to, uh, there's no particular order, I like ranking these matches. But, um, I mean, one game I really do believe was easily the best game of the year. 
Uh, probably one of the best test matches of all time, but you might have an idea about which test match that is, but I will uh, get to that later on. Anyways, without further ado, let's just get stuck into it. So here is um, here's my uh, top five test matches of the year. Well, the first one contains New Zealand versus Pakistan. Pakistan at this stage weren't completely out of the running for the World Test Championship final, um, but New Zealand were. And New Zealand uh, almost beat Pakistan almost uh, in the first test. Uh, if it wasn't due to bad light, they might have chased down the target, uh, which wasn't that big against Pakistan, about 100-something against Pakistan. Hundred thirty eight, so yeah, they they would have won that um, if uh, that wasn't for bad light. Bad light was a bit of an issue. Unfortunately, this series ended in a zero zero draw. Uh, both teams sharing points in the World Test Championship, and also, um, yeah, it's just just very unfortunate. There was a lot of good cricket there, but unfortunately, it just there was just no result because uh, bad light, and um, yeah, it, it just wasn't meant to be. And uh, neither team could get a win or see a winner win the series. Uh, we weren't too far away from getting the result in the series. Anyways, um, just with regards to this test match, so this match was played at Karachi. Um, at the National Stadium. Is it the National Stadium or the Gaddafi Stadium in Karachi? Yeah, at the National Stadium in Karachi. And uh, between New Zealand and... Pakistan. New Zealand won the toss, selected a field first in this game. Uh, they posted a good, a really good total batting first, 449. Lovely century from Devin Conway and a half century from Tom Latham, another half and a half century from Tom Blundell. Getting the team to a really good total. Also, Matt Henry down the order at number 10, score and a half century. How about that? The tail wagged as well, contributing uh, over 100 runs. So, over 100 runs. Ish Sodi, Tim Southey reaching double figures. Ajax Patel scoring about 35 runs. How about that? At number 11, uh, Matt Henry, a lovely half-century. Seems to be scoring valuable runs in recent times. Uh, Matt Henry down the order for New Zealand with the bat. Uh, more than useful with the bat. New Zealand do have a decent tail. Uh, most occasions they do very well. Um, 449 all-outs. Um, New Zealand. Uh, four wickets for Abra Rama, the leg spinner. He bowled. He really toiled hard. Unfortunately, he had to, he had to really work hard and... You get those four wickets. Nassim Shah was excellent. And Aga Salman bowling his part-time off-spinners was more than useful. Getting three wickets for Pakistan. So New Zealand doing a really good job uh, posting a good total. Then um, Pakistan in reply. Sol Shaquille, uh, had a, who had an excellent start to his career. Excellent um, debut series against England. In a series where Pakistan lost 3-0. Um, yeah, unfortunately at home, and that pretty much really sealed their fate in the World Test Championship cycle for 2021 to 2023. Um, and then a half centuries, uh, half centuries from Imam Imam Haq and Safaraz Ahmed getting uh, the team to 408, getting close to New Zealand's total, about 41 runs away from New Zealand's uh, first innings total. But yeah, they just uh, packed up, unfortunately. East already picking up uh, three wickets. And Ajaz Patel picking up through three wickets for New Zealand. Both the spinners doing the job. And a wicket apiece for Matt Henry, Tim Southie, and Dale Mitchell with his part-time medium pace getting a wicket as well. Um, then in reply, New Zealand were in a little bit of trouble in the second innings, but a half-century from Tom Latham and um, 
Devin Conway unfortunately dismissed for a first ball duck in this innings. But uh yeah, Kane Williamson go off to Williamson go off to a start, didn't quite carry on. But um yeah, Tom Lay from getting a half century and um yeah, another half century in this match for him. And uh yeah, New Zealand were in a little bit of trouble at three uh hundred and twenty eight for four when Henry Nichols was dismissed. Uh, gee, he's been in bad form, hasn't he? Uh, for a while, hardly performs. Henry, he's hard. He occasionally performs. Yeah, so New Zealand, um, with that 31-run lead, were in a little bit of trouble. A 41-run lead, were in a little bit of trouble. But um, a good uh, fifth-wicket partnership between Michael Braceville and uh, Tom Blundell got them to 277 for five, and they declared at 277 for five. Uh, excellent half centuries. Tom Blundell getting his second half century of the match. Uh, Michael Bracewell just showing his all round capabilities. Uh, he's been injured since the start of uh, since April, so yeah, middle April, middle of this year. He hasn't been playing. New Zealand would love to have him back, especially in the ODI team um, and even T20s. Um, we got a piece for all the bowlers for Pakistan. So it was one or, or one wicket apiece for Nasim Shah, Mir Hamza. Abrar Ahmed, uh, Hassan Ali, and uh, Aga Salman all getting wickets. Uh, this was an interesting day four to five. So Pakistan were in a little bit of trouble early on um, towards the end of day day four. Uh, both the night watchman and Abdullah Shafiq were dismissed for ducks. Uh, Abdullah Shafiq was dismissed for a second ball duck. And then Mir Hamza was dismissed for a nine ball duck. And uh, they were in a bit of trouble. Then Imam Al-Haq uh, departed with the score at three, uh, 35 for three. Bob Azam, uh, got off to a start, didn't quite carry on. He had a pretty bad year in uh, Test cricket, to be honest. Uh, 77 for 4, and then Shah Massoud departed. 80 for 5 Pakistan at that stage. It looked like New Zealand had the game wrapped up. I remember I was, I was really pumped, but yeah, New Zealand just needed one more wicket, and I reckon they would have got through the tail very easily. But um, Saad Shaquille... 32 of 146 balls, four fours, no sixes, striker of 21.91. Resolute, providing able stable support for Safraz Ahmed, who played a superb innings. Man of the match performance from Safraz Ahmed. 118 of 176 balls, back in the Pakistan team, and taking, uh, taking his opportunity with both hands. Nine fours, one six, striker of 67.04. Brilliant stuff from Safraz Ahmed after he was dropped from the team. A couple of years ago, but um, yeah, he came back into the team and batted superbly. And then Agil Saman provided some brilliant support as well. And the tail did provide some support. Unfortunately, uh, due to bad light, the match was called off. Pakistan finished on 304 for nine. Um, New Zealand then bowled spin and needed one wicket to win. Pakistan needed 15 runs to win. It was on. The game was on. Unfortunately, bad light uh, had the last laugh. And uh, the match ended up in a draw. New Zealand had all their fielders in, but just couldn't quite get over the line. Pakistan, they didn't lose the game. Almost won the game as well, but it wasn't to be. And uh, the match ended up being a really good draw. Uh, four wickets for Michael Braceball, two wickets for Ish Sodi. Ajaz Patel really struggled. Didn't bowl too many overs, but he went for plenty. And um, Darrell Mitchell was economical in his couple overs that he bowled. Yeah, Matt Henry, Tim Southey bowled a lot of overs. Um, Tim Southey got two, and Matt Henry got one. But yeah, Pakistan doing a really good job. Um, 
from the situation that we're in. Almost, almost pulled off a special victory, but it wasn't to be. It was a draw. Man, the match was Safraz Ahmed for scoring a half century in the first innings and um, second innings, and also he took a few catches, of course. Or did he? Yeah, he took a couple catches. One, two, three, four, four catches in, in the first innings. So brilliant stuff from Safraz Ahmed. The um, really good game for him, but uh, no results unfortunately, and that was that. So that was the first game uh, that I believe was uh, one of the games of the year. Second game, we go to the twenty twenty. Twenty twenty three Ashes. This was the first uh, game of the World Test Championship cycle for twenty twenty one to twenty. Sorry, twenty twenty three to twenty twenty five. Australia, the defending World Test champions. England, a rising team. They've been in really good form um, prior to this game. Plenty of hype about Baz Ball. Uh, Zach Crawley hitting the first ball of the Ashes for four off Pat Cummins. Pat Cummins didn't have the greatest series, to be honest. Wasn't one of his best series. But a lot of players who did really well last time in England didn't have the greatest of series uh, for Australia. But um, Usman Khawaja, he was one of the few shining lights for Australia in a pretty tough series. But um, they won. They still managed to draw the series and retain the Ashes despite all the odds. And that's a champion team right there. Um, they would have loved to have won the series outright and win their first series in England since 2001 outright. That would have been special if they could do it, but could have done it, but wasn't to be. Uh, so yeah um, England versus Australia uh, England batted first 393 for 8 declared on the first day they declared on the first day I think yeah they declared on the first day of the match uh, that that um, decision really um, came back to bite England um yeah, 393 for eight declared on the first day after 78 overs. They were going at an excellent run rate of 5.03, but uh, they were really, um, yeah, but really, I don't understand the thought process behind that. It was a it was a bit of a gamble, actually, at the time. Well, I actually, if I take a bit of a breather, yeah, um, yeah that, I could see what the tactic was like to try and um, give themselves enough overs to bowl Australia out. But Australia were just resolute, playing old school uh, style of Test cricket. Osman Khawaja, three hundred twenty-one balls, hit one hundred forty-one. Excellent century from him. Fourteen fours, three sixes. He hadn't hit a hundred in England. He had a pretty bad record in England prior to this match, but he silenced all the critics and played superbly. Travis Head capped a beautiful year. Just another beautiful year for him. A lovely half century. And Alex Carey batting superbly, but. Um, Yeah, Australia were bowled out for 386, and um, they were just seven runs behind England's first innings totals. Total. Three wickets for Ollie Robinson, and Stuart brought Ollie Robinson was copping it from uh, Australian fans online. Um, he had a bit of a, he gave Ultimate Quadra a bit of a send off, a bit of an unnecessary send off, really. And um, yeah, he copped it online um, by the Aussies. Uh, I think he had to put a block. Um, I think he had to disable his comments or something one stage because it was that bad. Um, one wicket for James Anderson, the veteran. Two wickets for Moen Ali, who got spanked. 
and a wicket for Ben Stokes. Australia's first innings when they bowled uh, to England. Nathan Lyon really got spanked, but he got four wickets. Uh, we're going to piece for Scotty Bowling, who had a really rough outing, and Cameron Green getting one wicket as well. Josh Hazelwood, uh, two wickets for him. Pat Cummins didn't get a wicket. But yeah, back to so England's innings. Uh, they came out to bat second time around. Uh, bowled off a 273, a few starts, but no one really carrying on. Um, you know, no one even getting a 50, but. Um, 273 all out. That meant they set uh, Australia a target of 281 to win. A, a not so easy, cha- uh, definitely chaseable, but it, you have to be very careful in these chases. The Australia had to be very careful um, not to lose too many quick wickets. Otherwise, um, yeah, it would have backfired. Um, they wouldn't have been able to chase and would have lost the game. But yeah, 273 all outs um, and four wickets for Pat Cummins. He had a rough outing in the first innings, but came back beautifully in the second innings. Four wickets for him. Nathan Lyon, four wickets. Uh, bowled much better in the second innings, but picked up four wickets. Eight wickets in total for him in the match. A wicket apiece for Scott Boland and uh, Josh Hazelwood. Then Australia faced uh, um, Australia chasing 281 to win. Osman Kwaja, a lovely half century. Batted really well. Then got out. Um, a lot of starts for a few of the, uh, from a lot of the batsmen, but no one really carrying on. Australia were in a bit of trouble, quite a bit of trouble at one stage. Uh, they were when Usman Khawaja departed. They were two hundred nine for seven. Then probably their last recognised batsman. Yes, the tail can wag a bit, but really the last recognised batsman, Alex Carey, is dismissed. Um, for, uh, with a score two hundred twenty seven for eight off the eighty point three overs. Uh, not enough time. Um, there was enough time in the day to just maybe pull off a chase, but very unlikely at that stage. Only two wickets remaining. But uh, Pat Cummins and Nathan Lyon, the Australian captain, Pat Cummins, put his name in Australian folklore, uh, creative folklore, and Ashes folklore. Uh, batted superbly, forty-four not out of uh, seventy-three balls, four fours, two sixes, at a strike rate of sixty-point two seven. Nathan Lyon providing superb support. 16 not out of 28 balls, two fours, no sixes, stroke rate of 57.14. And Australia got over the line and chased down the target. A fifth unbeaten 55-run partnership. And, um, yeah, despite England's best efforts, they just couldn't seal the deal. To make it more sweeter, they smacked Ollie Robinson, who was uh, copping on a line from the Aussies. They smacked them away for uh, for the winning runs. And uh, there were scenes of celebrations. Pat Cummins, the Aussies, and the, um, the Aussie team in the dressing rooms were absolutely off their feet. Nathan Lyon, Pat Cummins, absolutely jubilant. England quiet, copped a lot of criticism for the decision making in that first test. Um, yeah, making declaring in the first innings uh, with a score of three ninety three for eight probably just would have been better if they batted the whole innings uh, out and scored a few more runs, but it wasn't to be for England. And they took a 1-0 lead in, at the time in the series. It was a superb, superb victory for the Aussies. Um, Pat Cummins coming in clutch at the right time with bat and ball. Um, struggled a bit in the first innings and probably in the second innings as well. Um, yeah, got a start in the first, uh, second innings but didn't carry on. But, um, yeah... Really showed his worth in the end. Pat Cummins, brilliant innings from him under pressure. One of the best moments in Ashes history for sure. Australia winning by two wickets and Osman Khawaja was man of the match and they took a 1-0 lead. This match was played at Edgbaston in Birmingham 
And they're a pretty vocal crowd down there in Birmingham. Then uh, moving on to the next. Uh, so yeah, that was uh, another game that I believe is one of the best games of the year. And um, in test matches. Now moving on to the next game that I ranked as one of the best test matches of the year. In no particular order though. So Australia versus England. Third Ashes test was a really good series to be honest. Uh, third test. Uh, Eddie Lee and Leeds, the same venue where Ben Stokes scored that amazing 104 years ago to keep England alive in the series and um, yeah, prevent them from losing the Ash uh, leveled series as well. This time around, though, England were 2 0 down, losing the second test as well and under a lot of pressure. There was a lot of controversy as well in the previous game with Johnny Bairstow's run out. Um, English fans weren't happy with the Aussies' uh, weight, the Aussies' the way they conducted themselves, but um, yeah, uh, it is what it is, uh, Johnny Bairstow just wasn't aware, um, just really a lack of awareness, it's his own fault that he was out, and uh, he's got no one else to blame, to be honest, for that one, um, they were talking about spirit of, the week, spirit of cricket and all that, but uh, he walked out, of the, he walked out, wasn't aware, um, he thought the umpire called the, o, called a, called the over, but he was out of his crease. Alex Carey, aware of the situation and um, just uh, underarmed the ball and hit the stumps. And Johnny Besto was way out of his crease. They decided to peel it, but he was gone. The crowd were booing him. Even there was an altercation the, in the previous test at, um, I think this was at Lords. Yeah, Lords, the second test at Lords. So the, there was an altercation between the Australian players and some of the Lords uh, dressing room. Uh, the members in the Lord's Pavilion, which was very uncharacteristic. It rarely happens. And they've got to be abusive. A couple of the um, Lord's, uh, the members at the Lord's Pavilion, um, the Lord's members were evicted and uh, there was action taken against them. Very weird, very unusual scenes, unfortunate scenes as well. Um, But yeah, uh, the English were really ticked off with the Aussies. Um, after that test, so a lot heading into this game, a lot of um, venom and heading into this game. Uh, Australia would definitely just, or definitely head. They just needed one more win or a draw to seal the Ashes series. If they won the match, they would have uh, got their first ever series win in England in a Test series since um, two thousand one. Uh, Steve Waugh's team in two thousand one, which would have been special. But, um, yeah, it wasn't to be. For Australia, um, England, the match went down to the wire. Two players that made the difference. England brought in Mark Wood and um, and Chris Wokes. Both of them making an instant impact. Chris Wokes only played three test matches and he was the player of the series. He made such an impact in this series. Um, Mark Wood, first in his Australia, bowled out for 263. Picked up a Fifer. Bowled a searing pace, Mark Wood. It was unbelievable. Beautiful bowling. Got rid of Osman Khwaja with a beauty, and Khwaja just played around it. And uh, cleaned up the tail, Mark Wood, to claim a Pfeiffer. Three wickets for Chris Wokes. So those two just picking eight of the ten wickets available, and Stuart Broad getting two wickets as well uh, in his last uh, last Test Series for England. Overall, last Ashes Series and last Test Series for England. Uh, so really good stuff from England. Australia getting a decent total, but probably not enough in the end. Then uh, Australia had England on the back rope, um, so on the back foot uh, in this, in the first innings. England was seven for 140, 
They were 167 for eight when Mark Wood departed after scoring a quick four twenty four. But uh, yeah, Ben Stokes really just um, held one end and just grinded his way to eighty before he was dismissed. Australia, I think, dropped a few catches as well, so that really didn't help their cause. In the end, England um, getting to 237 and um, just trying to by 26 runs in the end. And, yeah, and Pat Cummins picking up his, uh, another five in his test career, another five against England. Six wickets for him. And uh, two wickets for Mitchell Marsh, sorry, Mitchell Stark, and a wicket for Mitchell Marshall was brought back into the team. And a wicket for Todd Murphy as well, uh, who replaced Nathan Lyon. Nathan Lyon got injured in the last game, and after playing his 100th consecutive test match for Australia, he got injured um, and missed the rest of the Ashes series. That was a huge blow to the Aussies' um, campaign. Also, by the way, just with Australia's innings, uh, the first innings, if it wasn't for a Mitchell Marsh 100 uh, coming back into the team and scoring 100, Yep, they would have lost that game. No, sorry, they wouldn't. Uh, it would have been a really embarrassing situation, and England would have had a much bigger, uh, would have had a lead over them. But um, Australia had the lead, not by much, 26 runs. Um, yeah, then Australia in the second innings, they had batted, um, they batted in. Travis Head scored a half century, really valiant half century from him. As McQuarrie got off to a start, Manus got off to a start, and so did Mitch Marsh, who batted superbly in the first innings. Um, unfortunately, Australia were bowled out for 224 in not such a long period of time, really. Not even a full day, they batted. Uh, 224 all out. Uh, Stuart Broad, Chris Wakes picking up three wickets apiece, really doing the damage. And then, uh, Mark Wood getting two wickets and, uh, Moen Ali getting two wickets as well. Then, England chasing 251. Uh, half century for Mara Brook, the young Harry Brook. He was batting superbly. They were in a bit of trouble at um, 171 for six when Johnny Bairstow departed. Um, but a good little partnership between Harry Brook and... Yeah, that's a 59-run partnership between Harry Brook and um, Chris Wokes. Chris Works and Mark Wood in the end got the team over the line for providing valuable contributions and got the final 24 remaining runs to seal a three-wicket win over the old enemy and uh, get one back in the series. And at that stage, um, yeah, England were trailing 1-2 instead of 2-0 and they took this match to... Uh, they, the fourth match uh, had a lot to, uh, at stake at Old Trafford. And then... Yeah, the man of the match for this game was uh, Mark Wood. Uh, really straightforward. And, um, yeah, I've seen him. Uh, I've seen Mark Wood actually. Um, sorry. Yeah, New Zealand. Um, yeah, sorry. Uh, England winning the game in the end. Chris Works and Mark Wood, valuable partnership to get England over the line and uh, get them back in the series. Five wickets for Mitchell Stark, he bowled superbly. A wicket for Pat Cummins and a wicket for Mitchell Marsh, but really wasn't to be for the Aussies. And uh, England winning by three wickets. Man of the match was Mark Wood, scoring runs with the bat, very handy runs. Two wickets in the second innings and five in the first. 
Outstanding stuff from Mark Wood back in the team and making an instant impact for England. And then uh, I've got the last two games of the year. By the way, these two games occurred. Um, so the two best games of the year, I'd have to say these two are the best games of the year, regardless. Um, probably two of the greatest um, test matches of all time. You'd have to put them up there. Superb games of cricket. And they were both in the short space of time. Um, so... One was in late February, the other one was in early March. So yeah, the first um, first of these two matches, this was uh, in March, early March. Just, uh, just a couple of days after a memorable test match uh, between New Zealand and England. So um, yeah, one of the all-time great test matches. We had another classic, another all-time great test match. Uh, this time it featured New Zealand and Sri Lanka, Christchurch and Hagley Oval, the first of two tests. Sri Lanka were in with a chance of qualifying for the World Test Championship final. New Zealand were out of the running, but uh, they wanted to win this match and at least win a series. They hadn't won a series, uh, test series since the England series in um, middle of 2021, 20, 2021 so it's quite some time uh, for New Zealand. And... Uh, didn't have a good campaign as defending World Test champions, but uh, they were at. But yeah, that yeah, um But they want to end the tournament. Uh, sorry, the campaign on a good note. Um, first of two matches. Uh, this one was played at the Hagley Oval in Christchurch, and uh, Sri Lanka batted first, posting an OK total of three hundred and fifty-five. Half centuries to uh, Kulsal Mendes and Dimon Kuratne, the captain, tail wagging a bit. And uh, getting Sri Lanka to 355. Uh, five wickets for Tim Southey, a beautiful five wicket haul for him. Four wickets for Matt Henry, and a wicket for Michael Bracewell um, as well. In reply, New Zealand were in some trouble. Half certainly to Tom, Tom Latham, but yeah, they were in some trouble. Um, they were. In fact, they were 188 for six when Michael Bracewell departed. Daryl Mitchell, the good thing was Daryl Mitchell was at the crease and he played a superb innings, continued his excellent run of form in recent times. In all three formats, he's been one of the mainstays for New Zealand. Uh, hardly had any, he's hardly had any bad games. He's always contributed and his batting's just gone to another level. And he batted superbly in this game, Daryl Mitchell. A lovely a lovely century uh, against the run of play. So against... Um, a pretty good Sri Lankan team, but then he got out so, so against uh, Sri Lanka, really good 100 there. Then he got out with a score at 291 for 8. So it looked like New Zealand would surrender a pretty sizable lead. But however, Matt Henry and um, Neil Wag uh, Matt Henry and Neil Wagner had other ideas, and the tail for New Zealand had other ideas. They were absolutely brilliant. The last four batsmen scoring over 100 plus runs, which proved to be very vital in the games, in the context of the game. Uh, Neil Wagner providing a valuable contribution and, um, Matt Henry, they both put on a superb partnership worth. How much was it worth? 69 runs for the eighth, for the ninth wicket. Uh, Matt Henry got a superb half century. He did that in the first, uh, early in the year against um, Pakistan in that first innings. Like I mentioned, what I just previously covered, he did that against Pakistan. Now he's done it against Sri Lanka. 
first innings and scored a superb half century against the run of play. 72 of 75 balls, 10 balls, 3 sixes. Stroke rate of, 70, uh, of 96. He was outstanding, Matt Henry. Very vital runs there. Uh, for Sri Lanka, four wickets for Asita Fernando, two wickets for Kusan uh, Rajata, and three wickets for Liu Kumara, and a wicket for Prabhat Jasaria. But uh, yeah, Sri Lanka in the end surrendered the lead. Um, New Zealand bowled out for 337 in yeah, after. After the early jitters and the innings, and uh, towards the end of the innings, you thought New Zealand would surrender a massive lead, but in the end, they got a, a, dec a useful lead uh, of 18 runs in the first. So in the first innings, um, to move into the second innings, that's what they had going into the second innings, 18 run. So. And yeah, that, that was that. Um, so in reply, Sri Lanka, well, Angelo Matthews, the veteran, scoring an excellent, uh, excellent century. Everybody, few players contributed, again, double-digit scores, no one else carry on. And uh, Sri Lanka set New Zealand a target of 328 to win, so 228, uh, 285 to win. Uh, 302 all out, Sri Lanka. Now second innings. Uh, four wickets for Blair Tickner, three wickets for uh, Mitch, is that, Matt Henry, and then uh, two wickets for Tim Southie, getting New Zealand over the line. Um, so just getting um, yeah, in the end, um, as long as the recipient receives the money, uh, that's what matters in the end. What the fuck am I saying? Sorry. Yeah, at that stage you thought maybe Sri Lanka had a chance, so did New Zealand, and also a draw was on the cards. Then the fifth day, so a good size of a... Then, um... Yeah, there's a rain, a lot of rain on the first day. It looked like the match was going to head to a draw. New Zealand required about two hundred odd runs, um, two hundred something odd runs, to win off um, fifty something over. She decided to uh, take the challenge. So what the hell? So New Zealand had to. Um, so sorry. But um, yeah, New Zealand required about 200 runs, uh, 200 plus runs to win off 50, uh, 54 overs in that game. Looked like the match was going to head for a draw, but then, um, yeah, 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 well, I think, think about jail. But, um, sorry, about that, sorry. Um, but whatever I mentioned before, sorry, not jail, but whatever I mentioned before. Um, so, yeah, um, By the way, New Zealand's first, second innings with the ball. Yeah, I mentioned that actually. So, um, Pucks, so Sri Lanka were in a bit of trouble. They were 2 for 50, and then all of a sudden they were 3 for 90. Sorry, 50 for 2, then they were 90 for 3 when Henry Nichols departed. Prabhajas getting two wickets, um, some bad shots there but um, from those two, but um, Daryl Mitchell and... Kane Williamson played superbly, putting on a match-winning partnership of 
And yeah, for um, so yeah, for New Zealand second innings, uh, two wickets for Southie, three for Henry, and four for um, Tickner. In reply, New Zealand were in a bit of trouble, a hundred and yeah, ninety for three. Then um, and um, what do you know? Next minute, guy turn uh, the person. So what the fuck um. Yeah, um, so 285 to win, that was the target, and then a beautiful 100 run, 142 run partnership between Daryl Mitchell and um, Kane Williamson got New Zealand back in the game. Then Daryl Mitchell departed, and then um, not too long after, Asita Fernando got rid of Tom Blundell. And then, um, yeah, both a half century to um, Kane Williamson and Daryl Mitchell got New Zealand within the uh, reach of the target. Kane Williamson, the last over, the match went down to the last over with the light fading. I see it to Fernando who was bowling superbly. That match went really down to the wire. Um, so the last over they yeah they um they got seven wickets. So um yeah they got um. So what am I saying? I'm just out of it. I'm really tired. But yeah, New Zealand um, had a bit of a tough task there to win the game. And um, in the desert with a, with a, uh, with a bear, uh, sorry, elephant. Yeah, I'm not going But uh, sorry, guys, I'm just really tired. Uh, I better get up, actually. Um, so yeah, New Zealand... Batting first, so uh, batting second. Uh, after last over, they needed seven runs. Kane Williamson took it deep, played a superb hundred, so scored an excellent hundred. His second hundred in a couple of weeks, uh, so in two games, he was absolutely superb. Absolutely superb, an intense game. Tie was on the cards. Could be one of the few tied matches. We've only had two, I think. Uh, one in the 1960s between Australia and the West Indies and one in 1986 or something in Chennai. That tied test between India and um, Australia. So those are the only two tied tests I know uh, in test cricket history. We could have seen the third. Um, yeah, three wickets remaining in New Zealand at that stage. And um, seven runs to win. So, Williamson was batting with uh, Matt Henry. And then, uh, so yeah, they were going to go for two. They hit, hit the ball, swiped the ball across along the ground to long on. Williamson was looking for two, but he slipped at the non-strikers end. There was only one. Then Matt Henry got a... Um, then Matt Henry hit the, a low wide full toss. He throws a horizontal bat at it 
and he just hit it down to long off for a single. Um, they were trying to take us, they were trying to look for a second, but it wasn't to be. That stage, New Zealand needed five to win. Sri Lanka needed three uh, wickets to win, but it was pretty unlikely that they were going to get three wickets at that stage. However, then Sri Lanka um, had the chase. Um, then Sri Lanka got a wicket. Asita Fernando uh, bowling to Kane Williamson. Kane Williamson trying to get to the throw from the deep uh, deep middle was close to the bowler. The bowls were whipped off. Matt Henry, uh, unfortunately, despite the big dive, he was out, clearly out. And uh, New Zealand only got one run, and Kane Williamson still restrict, uh, retained a strike. Then came the birthday boy, Neil Wagner, who injured his hamstring or something like that. He was uh, hobbling. Uh, gutsy player, Neil Wagner. Two gutsy performances in two weeks, and this was another one. Bane with Kane Williamson, um, despite being injured in a, a situation where New Zealand were under pressure to win the game. And, um, yeah, it was, was going to be tough for them to... It wasn't going to be easy at all. But he just came out in a tough situation to, you know, bat with Kane Williamson and uh, get his team over the line despite the injury that he had. Then uh, Sita Fernando bowling to Kane Williamson and then Kane Williamson just slashed a ball... Uh, slashed the ball through the gap. It was an unbelievable shot. I don't know how he did that. He got it through the he got it through the fielders. All the fielders were in the deep as well. It was full wide ball, and he got he hit it through point, and the and it went for four. At that stage, it was four. Sorry. So at that stage, New Zealand the scores were tied. New Zealand just needed one run to win, and so India uh, at that stage went through to the World Test Championship final. They qualified, and uh, Sri Lanka were out of the running for the World Test Championship final. Um, New Zealand just one run away from winning this match. Then this uh, fifth ball of the over, I see the Fernando Bowler bouncer was not given a wide. Floodlights were on all of a sudden, and uh, that looked like it did. It did look like it, the ball went over the uh, head height. Um, replay from New Zealand, bit of a action replay from the New Zealand England test the week, uh, just a couple of day, days ago. Uh, but New Zealand weren't, um, but the, sorry, the wide was not given. Neil Wagner bowled a delivery down lakeside to James Anderson, was not given a wide, but, um, this one also not given a wide, surprisingly. But, um, yeah, that meant New Zealand needed one run to win off the last ball. Then Kane Williamson, uh, missed the ball as a, I think it was a slower bounce or whatever. He missed it, and then Neil Wagner ran through. He reached the striker's end, and then um, Kane Williamson running through, diving desperately. Um, he pulled it, beat and uh, keeper through. Yeah, he tried to pull the ball. Unfortunately, um, he couldn't connect the pull shot. The ball went through to the keeper. Okay, by that time, Neil Wagner reached it on striker's end despite the injury, and the keeper threw it to the bowler's end, uh, so to the bowler, and then Asita Fernando threw the ball uh, at the stumps, so the non-striker's end and hit the stumps, direct hit. Kane Williamson dived, he slow, um, he dived, and um, the, the review, uh, sorry, the decision went upstairs, and uh, Kane Williamson slid, slid his bat in and threw his body down, and he's, he was just in, and that was that. New Zealand won off the last ball of the test match.
The match went down to the wire and um, the crowd were ecstatic. Special win for New Zealand. A special, special moment in New Zealand cricket. Um, New Zealand cricket as well. A special moment this year in Test cricket as well. And Sri Lanka officially out of the World Test Championship final. New Zealand through to the... Um, sorry, New Zealand would make it, but they helped India reach the World Test Championship final this time around. And uh, they were through. So and then India went through. And New Zealand took a 1-0 lead in the series. And that was uh, the, uh, uh, probably the second best match. If I were to rank uh, all these five test matches, that match would be the second best test match. Unbelievable scenes. Uh, and it was fairly dark and the floodlights were on. Uh, at, uh, early on, it looked like the game wasn't even going to have a result. But yeah, Daryl Mitchell and Kane Williamson batting uh, like it was an ODI. Kind of like it was an ODI. Got New Zealand a result. And that was special. Absolutely special. From Ken Williamson, what an innings under pressure, getting the team over the line. And then uh, the best test match of the year, uh, well, probably the last test match of this um, of this uh, episode uh, that I'm going to review for the five best test matches of the year. Um, well, um, to be honest with you, if I were to rank it this, uh, rank all these five test matches that I talked about. This one would easily rank as um, the number one test match of the year. It's, it's definitely one of the best test. It's probably one of the best test matches of all time, if not maybe the best test match of all time. It's up there. Uh, New Zealand versus England. How about that? The rivalry just continues. A bit of a rivalry between these two. Uh, it's intense now, especially since the two thousand nineteen World Cup uh, final. It's just gotten a bit intense now between these two teams. Uh, England winning that World Cup final famously of a boundary count and the Super Bowl was tied. Um, yeah, don't want to talk too much about it as a New Zealand fan, but anyways, uh, yeah, that's what happened there. Everyone knows what happened there. So New Zealand lost the first test. They were going for a pretty bad rut at that time. They hadn't won a test match in almost a year. Um, New Zealand, they lost 3-0 in England uh, the year, pro uh, year prior when they went to England, and uh, they didn't win a test match in Pakistan. They came close to winning a test match in Pakistan, but they didn't win it. Uh, that was a 0-0 draw. And then, yeah, they lost the first test match at Bay Oval Mamanui against uh, England, which was a day-night pink ball test. The young hunt lost the pink ball test at home prior to this game. The last time these two teams played a pink ball test, was back in 2018 when New Zealand bowled England out for about 50-odd, I think, 56 or something, and uh, they won that game. Kane Williamson scored a superb 100, so did Henry Nichols, and then uh, Neil Wagner got a couple wickets. Todd Astle got a wicket or two, I think, as well. Yeah, Trent Bolt got, um, I think, a fly for something or six wickets, and Southie got four wickets in the first innings when they bowled uh, England out cheaply. I think those two were the only bowlers who bowled the whole, uh, whole innings. England were absolutely terrible. It looked like the world record... For the lowest test match score is going to be broken, but um, Craig Overton batted for a bit and got the team to a uh, at least over 50. Still was a very bad performance from England, and they really, despite their best efforts, never really recovered from that uh, pretty disappointing performance in the first innings. Then... That was in 2018, but this one, uh, the day... A couple of years, fast forward for five years later, first test, uh, Mount Manganui, Bay Oval, so Bay Oval, Mount Manganui, 
uh, between England and New Zealand. Day-night test, uh, England winning by 267. Absolute, runs absolutely smashing New Zealand. The match was tense after New Zealand's first innings ended. Tom Blundell scored a superb 100, but then, yeah, um, England batted superbly in their second innings and um, set New Zealand a target of 394. New Zealand were just terrible. Bowled out for 126, and they won by 267 runs. Man of the match display from, uh, I think it was Harry Brook. Half centuries in both innings. He had a really good series and uh, just continued his excellent start to his test career. And that uh, excellent start will continue into this test match. Second test uh, between New Zealand and England. This These two test matches also were not a part of the World Test Championship cycle. So a uh, similar thing happened in twenty in the 2020, so 2019-2021 cycle. So England and New Zealand played a two-match test series in New Zealand. Uh, New Zealand won that 1-0. And um, then they played a test match, a two-match te two test series prior to the World Test Championship final in New Zealand against England. And New Zealand won that 1-0. That was their first win against England in England in a test series since 2000. So since the, I think it was 1999 or 1998. Yeah, 99, 1999. Jeez, that was a bad time for England, wasn't it? Um, yeah. And... Um, Yeah, New Zealand just, um, yeah, sorry, just, just thinking again, I just lost my, uh, a thought there. Um, so, yeah, England really, um, it went for a bad time, and then, uh, after that loss against New Zealand, that test, uh, that two-match test series, well, they lost that series at home against, uh, New Zealand in 2022, then they won. New Zealand 3-0. That started the Basball era, really. That series really started the Basball era. Ben Stokes officially took over as test captain. Joe Root resigned, and then they just blooded in some young... Um, they got Harry Brook in. No, they blooded some youngsters and that, and they never really looked back. New Zealand 1-0 down in the series, and at threat of losing their first test series against England at home since 2008, where they lost that series 2-1, so... They wanted to uh, maintain a good record against England at home in test matches in recent years. And, um, yeah, after that pretty horrible performance in the first game, you thought England were definitely favourites to win the game. England, 435 for 8 declared. Uh, they batted superbly. They dominated the first one or two days. So, uh, first day finished with England at... 315 for three in 65 overs. They were absolutely destroying uh, New Zealand. Harry Brooks scored a superb 100. So did Joe Rude. Two superb hundreds. Harry Brooks just continued an excellent start to his career. He was player of the series in the Pakistan series where they won 3-0 in Pakistan. First time they won a test series in uh, away from home against Pakistan and in Pakistan since 2000 um, and yeah, 2000. So that was something. Only the third time England won that. So yeah, the... Um, Harry Brook just continuing his excellent start to his career. And Joe Root, superb 100 from him. And England were under a bit of pressure at that start before those two put on that partnership. They were 21 for three. And then a superb, that partnership was worth 302. And got England to a, into a really strong position. And they never looked back from there. Uh, well, not really never looked back, but they got into a really good position, declaring at 435 for eight. Uh, was a move that was criticised by a few um, few 
pundits and that after the game completed. But um, yeah, they, they were ahead. Momentum was with England. They were batting superbly. And uh, they want to give their bowlers a bit of time to bowl at New Zealand. Four wickets for Matt Henry. He really toiled hard, but copped a bit of a battering from Joe Root and Barry Brook. Two wickets for Michael Bracewell. A wicket for Neil Wagner. Had a very rough outing. Uh, going for over 120 in 20 overs. Uh, at a run rate of 5.66. Pretty expensive spell from him. And a wicket for Tim Selfie. One for 93 of his 24 overs. Um, going at about three point. Seven. He was probably one of the more economical bowlers for New Zealand. He bowled five, uh, five maidens as well, so, okay. Uh, no wickets and no wide bowled by Southie as well. So, yeah, England, superb. And New Zealand didn't bat well at all in their first innings. They were bowled out for 209, and they had to beat that the follow-on. Um, in fact, New Zealand were... They were 103 for seven. Michael Bracewell departed. However, Matt Henry and Tim Southey put on a partnership. So Tom Blundell and Tim Southey put on a superb partnership in the end. Um, a 98 run partnership for the eighth wicket. At least that minimised the damage to an extent. Tim Southey playing a superb innings. The captain, absolutely brilliant. 73 of 49 balls, 5 fours, 6 sixes, strike rate of 148.97. That half century proved to be very vital in the context of the game. Even though New Zealand were going to follow on, at least they weren't going to uh, follow on. But at least the um, the deficit they had wasn't that big, so they could at least um, have a some sort of chance of covering it. Um, for England, four wickets for Stuart Broad, he was outstanding. Three wickets for James Anderson, three for Jack Leach, who had a pretty good series, I have to say. Um, then second innings around New Zealand following on, trailing by quite a big margin, uh, trailing by 226 runs. And, um, yeah, they... Well, they got off to a decent start, to be honest. Um, so they got off to a really good start. The openers play, are laying the platform for them. Uh, half cent, 149 run partnership. Both openers then departed in a short space of time. Then Will Young departed. All of a sudden, they were 167 for three, and they're still trailing England by quite some distance. Then a 50 odd partnership, so by a decent amount. 50. Uh, then there was a 50 run, 55 run partnership between Cam Williamson and Henry Nichols. And then once that uh, ended. With just a small lead, you thought uh, maybe New Zealand were going to be beaten still despite their best efforts in the second innings. Then a superb partnership between uh, Daryl Mitchell and Kane Williamson gave New Zealand the lead. Uh, well, I think they might have had the lead before then, but that one really just gave them some sort of lead as well. Uh, 297 for five, and then Kane Williamson and Tom Blundell. Tom Blundell scoring an excellent 90. Um, back to, to back up his excellent 100 in the first test. Um, him and Kane Williamson put on a partnership where... How many runs was it? 158 runs for the sixth wicket. Kane Williamson bring, uh, Kane Williamson scoring a superb 100 uh, under pressure. Probably one of his best innings. That really, that got him uh, the Man of the Match award as well. Ken Williamson for that superb 100. Um, uh, 
And then Kane Williamson got dismissed off the bowling of Harry Brook, just stumped down leg side. As um, of uh, Ben Folks just lifted his bat, uh, foot ever so slightly, and then um, yeah, unfortunately I went from six for hundred four hundred fifty five for six to uh, four hundred eighty three all out. So they lost the last four or five wickets by. Yeah, beautiful partnership, a uh, beautiful performance from New Zealand. Also, uh, so beautiful fight back from New Zealand, but was the total going to be enough to defend? Only time would have tell. Uh, only time's going to tell. Um, yeah. In the end, they lost their last five wickets um, fairly cheaply for just um, 20, 28 runs. Uh, Wicked Folly Robinson, Stuart Broad, and Joe Root, and Harry Brook, and five wickets for Jack Leach. Also, this innings um, featured a really strange, a really lazy bit of running from Michael Gressel where he was run out. Um, just casually running. Uh, ben, ben Stokes uh, saving a boundary, then he just uh, threw it in. Michael Gressel, very casual, and Ben um, Folks just whipped the bells off, appealed. Initially, I thought maybe he was in, but then, oh goodness, the replay really just showed how lazy Michael Bracewell was in that instance and threw away his wicket. That could have been a pretty, that was a pretty big moment at that stage because if Bracewell batted for a bit more, at least New Zealand could build a decent lead, um, a bigger lead, but it wasn't to be. Um, five wickets for Jack Leach, a beautiful 5 a really tall, hard, bowled 61, 61.3 overs. Gee, that's that's a lot. We're going to piece Foley Robinson, Stuart Broad, and uh, Joe Root and Harry Brook. At that stage, New Zealand had a lead of 257, and they set England a target of 258 to win the game. So basically a really good comeback from New Zealand, but was it going to be enough to win the game? Only time would tell. They just came from nowhere. Then, to, so, uh, to come back into the game... Then England batted, um, on day five, uh, they lost Zach Crawley early then, uh, so they lost Zach Crawley late on day four, then, um, Ollie Robinson was batting with Ben Duckett, they lost Ollie Robinson first ball, I think, of the... Uh, not the first ball uh, early on on day five then they lost Ben Duckett who just really can't control himself and has to hit the ball all the time um, yeah sorry and then um, England chasing 258 to win uh, well yeah they lost a couple wickets and clusters Joe Root batted superbly scoring a superb 95 fortunately he got out Neil Wagner came in, bowled superbly, picking up a four-wicket haul. Bab really backed up, um, really just came out of nowhere. Not really came out of nowhere, but he just really toiled hard, bowled hard, um, bowled, bowled consistently good overs. And um, despite the poor performance he had in the first innings uh, with the ball, he backed, he came back beautifully and helped New Zealand win the game in the end. Three wickets for Selfie and two wickets for Matt Henry. 
Uh, they just got wickets at the right time. Harry Brook ran himself out for a diamond duck. That was a huge difference maker in the end. Uh, very lazy, uh, very bad calling between him and Joe Root led to Harry Brook's dismissal. Uh, ben Stokes uh, had a bit of a niggle, but um, got 33 valuable runs. And then Ben Folks, he he nearly took England home. 35 for him. He batted really smartly. Uh, Stuart Broad scored 11 odd runs in that game. But yeah, um, so in that second innings. But yeah, the match went down to the wire. Um, day five, full base and reserve crowd, free entry, everybody was in. And then um, Tim Southey. I think Matt Henry had to go off uh, due to injury. Then um, yeah, Michael Bracewell was a bit expensive. He didn't have a good outing. So I mean, Wagner wasn't cheap. Uh, wasn't economical. He was a little bit of price if he got four wickets at least. Southie bowled superbly. Uh, Henry bowled all right before he got injured. But uh, yeah, the match went down to the latter stages of the day. Uh, New Zealand. Then Wagner bowled the last over. Also, just uh, an over, just about one point one over. Uh, the last ball of the over prior to, so seventy third over. Uh, last ball of seventy third over. James Anderson, number eleven, hit a four through mid mid wicket, sweetly connected the ball, and that was it. England just needed one run to win and one for the tie. Then uh, Tim Southey bowled a maiden over the Jack Leach. Then. Neil Wagner bowled to, and that was Neil Wagner who conceded the fourth. Then Neil Wagner bowled to James Anderson. Then um, he bowled a delivery that was short and leg-sided. Very close to wide, but it wasn't given. It wasn't given. Would have been a bit of an anti-climax there uh, that if he was given, but wasn't to be. Then the very next ball, James Anderson, that was to James Anderson, Anderson's dismay. Very next ball, Neil Wagner bowled a short delivery down leg-side. Bit of a flick off the bat, and uh, Tom Brunt, Tom Blundell sprawls to his right, takes an outstanding catch. New Zealand win the, by the barest of margins. How about that? A couple of years ago, it was England winning by the barest of margins, but now it's New Zealand winning by the barest of margins. James Anderson just uh, threw his head back in anguish. He was absolutely devastated, rightly so. And then um, the angle really just swung into the body, and that just did it for him. Um... If there was a bit more about it, that would have gone four, and that was the game, but it didn't, and it went straight, and then it went to a diving Tom Blundell who took the catch. Absolute scenes in Wellington, and England lost the game, unfortunately. Series was level one all, but uh, New Zealand really doing a great job, winning one of the greatest matches ever, probably probably the best test match ever, you'd have to say. It's up there. Um, special victory for the Kiwis, and... Um, yeah, what a win. Best test match of the year, I'd have to say, if it was a ranking, if I ranked them. But yeah, that completes my uh, podcast for today. So those are the five best test matches that have, uh, that we've had this year. And um, yeah, what a, what a year it's been for cricket. Anyways, guys, um, that's a wrap. Uh, I'm going to be just going to take a bit of a breather. And that's a wrap. The five best test matches this year in test cricket. That's a wrap. Thank you for your time, guys. Happy New Year to everybody around the world. And until next time, it's bye for now. We're out of here. Let's go.